What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie's Wrath of Man and 12 Mighty Orphans. First, let's talk about the movie Wrath of Man. Here's a quick synopsis. Patrick Hill applies for a security job for an armored truck and seems to be a normal guy, but soon every one of his co-workers begin to realize he has ulterior motives. The reason I checked this movie out and gave it a chance is because who the director Director of this film is it's Guy Ritchie and he's re-teaming with one of his most recurring collaborators Jason Statham and I am not a big fan of Jason Statham I think for the most part he plays bland stoic characters in movies that I don't care for however I really enjoy him when he works with Guy Ritchie together the two have worked on Lock Stock and Two Smoking Barrels Snatch and now Rathaman and those three films feature the only Statham performances I like. Richie gets Statham to give fun performances. He actually makes Jason Statham feel like a movie star. Not in this film, but in Lockstock and Snatch, Statham actually has a sense of humor. One of the reasons I don't like him as a leading man in action movies is he's so dull, he's so boring, and he's so deadly serious. And even some of those films where he attempts to have a sense of humor, it's not effective Like, I like that movie, The Italian Job, with Mark Wahlberg and Edward Norton. I think the worst part of that movie is Jason Statham. Because most of the time when Jason Statham is trying to be funny in a movie like Spy with Melissa McCarthy, it doesn't work out. But when he does it in a Guy Ritchie film, I find it to be super effective. I love him in the movie Snatch, especially his scenes with Brad Pitt. I do find it odd that Guy Ritchie is the only director for me that knows how to make Jason and Statham an interesting figure. But that's the case and Statham's next film will again see him reunite with Richie. The film is called Five Eyes and also stars Aubrey Plaza and Hugh Grant. Hugh Grant has done some fantastic work with Guy Ritchie recently. He appeared in The Gentleman which Hugh Grant gives one of his best performances on film and he also had a small supporting role in Man From U.N.C.L.E. I also cannot wait to see Aubrey Plaza in a Guy Ritchie film. I That is one of my most highly anticipated films of next year. Give me a Guy Ritchie film with Aubrey Plaza, Jason Statham, and Hugh Grant every day of the week. This movie, Wrath of Man, also features Scott Eastwood from The Outpost. In this film, he plays a great villain, and also in this film is Josh Harnett from The Virgin Suicides, Black Hawk Down, and Pearl Harbor. This guy, Josh Harnett, was supposed to be the next big movie star. I mean, Black Hawk Down and Pearl Harbor both came out in 2021. But I have to say, the man who gives the best performance in the movie is Jason Statham. It's one of those movies that's only going to work if the leading performance is effective and I found Jason Statham to be effective in this movie. It's entertaining, he's stoic, but it's still interesting like you don't know what's going on in his mind. I thought the action scenes with him were great. I thought his motives were great. Since Aladdin, which I didn't really care for, director Guy Ritchie has gotten back on track with The Gentleman and now this movie Wrath of Man. These films feel more like the kinds of films that made him 
him famous. Watching this film, what I realize is what makes Richie a special filmmaker is the dialogue he writes. Every character is given a moment to shine and say something impactful. Even if the plots of his films are whack at times and don't make sense, the dialogue is good enough to save the film. Here are my four favorite Guy Ritchie films. Number one, The Man from Uncle. I could not recommend this film anymore. This is the best Henry Cavill performance I've ever seen. Also, this film has two great performances given by Elizabeth Debicki and Alicia Vikander. Highly recommend you checking out The Man from Uncle. Number two, Snatch. A great Jason Statham performance. Also, solid turns from Brad Pitt, Benicio Del Toro, and Stephen Graham. If you want to watch a great heist film, then Snatch is the film for you. Number three, Rock and Rolla. This film features the best use of Gerard Butler, also Idris Elba, Thandi Newton, Tom Hardy, Toby Kebble, Mark Strong, and Tom Wilkinson are all spectacular in this film. I love Rock and Rolla. I mean, Toby Kebble is a guy you forget is a good actor, and then you watch a movie like Rock and Rolla, and you're like, yeah, that guy can really act. Also, the scenes between Butler and Tom Hardy are phenomenal. And number four is Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. This is Guy Ritchie's directorial debut. It features a really good performance by Jason Statham as the lead. This is the movie that makes you think that Jason Statham can be a movie star and like I said he only really feels like a movie star when he's in a Guy Ritchie film and this is maybe the most Guy Ritchie film of them all I like Guy Ritchie as a filmmaker even the movies that people deem as bad like King Arthur and the Seven Swords I really like that movie I like Charlie Hunnam in that movie I also love the movie The Gentleman he just makes movies that I'm interested in yes like I said before the plots of his movies are somewhat bizarre. And again, in the recent years, he's gone to making blockbusters like Sherlock Holmes and Aladdin and I don't really care for those movies even though some of those elements of those films feel like a Guy Ritchie film. I like his movies about people committing crimes and that's why Wrath of Man is a super fun movie for me because it's Guy Ritchie making a movie about criminals and in the 21st century, nobody is better than doing that than Guy Ritchie. Also, the man just knows how to get great performances from movie stars. Again, he's gotten all the good performances from Jason Statham. He got a really good performance from Henry Cavill and the man from Uncle. In Snatch, he got a really good performance from Brad Pitt. In Rock and Rolla, he got a really good performance from Gerard Butler. He just shows movie stars in a different light. He makes the movie stars feel like they are in a Guy Ritchie film. Guy Ritchie has style, and those are the directors I I like the most the one that have a signature style when you are watching Wrath of Man you know you are watching a Guy Ritchie film what makes this movie effective is that it knows what it's about it's simple and entertaining and it moves at a super fast pace it's a lot of fun the plot is effective and I think it's the best action movie of 2021 so far 
I highly recommend you check out Wrath of Man. Let's switch gears and talk about the movie 12 Mighty Orphans. Here's a quick synopsis. Renowned high school football coach Rusty Russell takes a job at Masonic School to coach a group of orphans. The job is personal to Rusty and together he and the team take the nation by storm. The reason I want to check this movie out, there was one reason who the lead of the movie is and it's Luke Wilson. And this is far and away the best Luke Wilson performance in a very, very long time. I was a fan of his during the time he was making films with Wes Anderson and when he was in old school. Then he started taking roles in forgettable films such as The Family Stone, My Super Ex-Girlfriend, Death at a Funeral, and The Goldfinch. I probably should not be surprised Wilson gives a great performance in this film. Many actors shine playing sports coaches. In the past, you have Walter Matthau in Bad News Bears, Gene Hackman in Hoosiers and The Replacements, Tom Hanks in A League of Their Own, Al Pacino in Any Given Sunday, Denzel Washington in Remember the Titans, Kurt Russell in Miracle, Billy Bob Thornton in Friday Night Lights, and more recently, Ben Affleck in The Way Back. And for me, Wilson is up there with those performances. Wilson is best known for playing characters who are chill, and that is not the case in this film. It's one of the best performances of his career behind only the Royal Tannenbaums, Old School, and Bottle Rocket. I think there are two type of actors on this planet. There are those type of actors who are so good that they make bad movies look really good, and then there are those actors who only give good performances in good movies. And I think Luke Wilson is the latter. Luke Wilson is not the type of actor who you're going to watch a bad movie and then he's going to save it by giving a great performance. Luke Wilson shines when he is in a good movie. I love old school. Old school is one of the best comedies of the early 2000s. I love Bottle Rocket. Bottle Rocket is one of the best indie films of all time. Luke Wilson is also great in Rushmore in a small supporting role. Luke Wilson gives what I think is my favorite Luke Wilson performance in the Royal Tannenbaums. Those three films were directed by Wes Anderson, Bottle Rocket, Rushmore, and the Royal Tannenbaums. So we all knew those movies were going to be very good and Luke Wilson was very good in them. But then you have a movie like My Super Ex-Girlfriend where Luke Wilson it has to give a performance that's going to save the movie and he doesn't because that movie is not very good. Luke Wilson is not the type of actor who is going to save a bad movie from being bad but he can make a very good movie better. One of the very few good things to come out of 2021 is that the Wilson brothers are back. Owen and Luke Wilson have both given two of my favorite performances of the year. Owen Wilson was great in Loki and Luke Wilson is great in this film. I mean there was a time when the Wilson brothers were shining bright. They were making movies together. They were making movies solo. They were two of the biggest movie stars on planet earth and it felt like in the last five or six years or so they had become mostly irrelevant and then they came back in a big way this year. And I think the way that they did it is they played against the type of characters they 
they're used to playing. I mean, Luke Wilson in this movie is playing something he's never played before. I'm used to Luke Wilson playing the charming guy who's kind of effortless. Like, he doesn't feel like he's putting in maximum effort in a movie. It felt different in this movie. It felt like he was going for it, and at times, you forgot that that was Luke Wilson. That's what I'm talking about. Luke Wilson was always basically playing a form of Luke Wilson in some really good movies, but you always knew that that was Luke Wilson. I'm telling you, in this movie, he gets lost at times, and that's what makes it such a good performance. And for Owen and Loki, I mean, you would never have expected Owen Wilson to appear in a Marvel project alongside Tom Hiddleston. They both went against their types, and that's why they are having comebacks, because they were giving us something that we're not used to seeing them in. I'm two of their biggest fans, so I hope the comeback continues, and I hope to see them both reunite in a Wes Anderson film together. I know Owen Wilson is still working with Wes Anderson. I want to see Luke Wilson return to a Wes Anderson film immediately. I think the world needs it. The other major star in this film is Martin Sheen, who has given some of my favorite performances in Apocalypse Now, Wall Street, The American President, Catch Me and You Can, and The Departed. He's had a really good year appearing in this movie and the Oscar-nominated film Judas and the Black Messiah. His character in this movie reminded me of the one that Dennis Hopper played in Hoosiers. His character isn't as dark, but he's going through some of those same struggles. I think what's extraordinary about Martin Sheen is his career has never really had a downward spiral like some of these other careers have. I mean, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro have gone through some down periods in their career. Martin Sheen is just consistent. I mean, there was a time where he was a significant leading man in Hollywood. He was the lead of Apocalypse Now, the biggest movie on planet Earth, one of the best films ever made. Then he became more of a supporting actor in a film directed by Steven Spielberg, Catch Me If You Can, and a film directed by Martin Scorsese, The Departed. I love those performances by Martin Sheen in that film. And then, of course, you can't talk about Martin Sheen and not bring up the fact that he was the lead of The West Wing, one of the best shows ever made, written by Aaron Sorkin, and he was great in that show. I mean, we have never seen Martin Sheen be consistently bad in, on screen before. He's just consistent. That is what he is. I don't know if that makes him better than a guy like Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, or even Dustin Hoffman, but the fact that I've never seen Martin Sheen in something that I would deem a horrible film, I think that means something. I mean, he's the same type of guy that he was in the early days. He might not be the lead, but he's still appearing in quality major motion pictures, and that's important to me. I like it when a guy is consistent. He's not showing up and being the lead of really bad films, and he can still have some moments in this film where he reminds you he's a major, major movie star. I loved his chemistry with Luke Wilson in this film. Martin Sheen is one of the reasons to watch this film. The one performance I didn't care for in this film came from Wayne Knight, who is best known for playing Newman and Seinfeld and having supporting roles in big studio films like Jurassic Park and Space Jam. In this, he's playing a cartoonish character that would better fit a movie like Matilda or Annie, where adults are mean but in a playful way. In this, he's doing horrific things to the orphans while trying to be funny. Tonally, it doesn't fit the movie. I don't like to recast people in movies, but this would have this role would have worked way better with a guy like Vincent D'Onofrio. D'Onofrio is known for playing villains in movies. I 
think he totally would have fit what the movie was going for. It doesn't make sense to have Wayne Knight be on screen because when you see Wayne Knight on screen, you think it's going to be something hilarious because of his past history on Seinfeld and Third Rock from the Sun. I mean, this is a guy who we think of when we think of comedies and 12 Mighty Orphans is far from a comedy. And that's the major flaw of the movie is Luke Wilson, Martin Sheen, and the Orphans feel like they are in one movie and Wayne Knight feels like he's in his completely different movie. If they had gone that part right, I would say this is one of the best films of 2021, but they didn't and I still think it's a really solid movie. I really enjoyed 12 Mighty Orphans, but the one part of it I didn't like were all the scenes with Wayne Knight. What I loved about this movie is it takes me back to the time where feel-good sports films were seemingly coming out all the times. Films about underdogs like The Karate Kid, Major League, Angels in the Outfield, Happy Gilmore, The Mighty Ducks, The Sandlot, Rudy, The Rookie, Miracle, and The Greatest Game Ever Played. I mean, all those films were about the underdogs. It didn't matter if they won. It didn't matter if they became the championships. They would always make it to the final rounds. They would always overcome what was making them a bad team. I mean, you can go all the way back to the Bad News Bears. That's what this type of film is, and there's a special place for a movie like this. It doesn't have to be a perfect film. I don't think 12 Mighty Orphans is a perfect film. I think some of the stuff feels weird, like the fact that they were calling the president, and the president cared about this team. Some of that stuff felt weird. It felt out of place, but it's still a super fun movie because it's nostalgia. It's nostalgia that actually works. These type of movies are not being made anymore. Movies made today are more intense. You get sports movies like Moneyball and 42, and those movies are just as good, but you still like those movies about kids, about underdogs. Movies where the main character are the head coach played by a major, major movie star. I mean, go all the way back to Gene Hackman and Hoosiers. That's what that movie is. No one else in that movie was a big name. You had Gene Hackman, you had a basketball team, you let him do your thing, and you knew it was going to be a good time. You don't get those type of movies anymore, and it feels like you're getting back to that. I mean, last year we had The Way Back with Ben Affleck. Ben Affleck is the only major name in that movie, and that's all you need. It's a simple formula, and I think it's a formula that still works because it's something that we can all connect to. We all grew up watching these type of films. I remember watching Angels in the Outfield with a young Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Danny Glover. Yeah, that movie's silly, but it's a movie about underdogs. It's a movie that you care for. The Sandlot, people still rewatch that movie religiously. It's a movie that matters. James Earl Jones in that movie. You would get these major movie stars appearing in these feel-good sports films. Dennis Quaid in The Rookie. Remember Dennis Quaid? Dennis Quaid was a major movie star appearing in a feel-good sports movie. This is a genre that has gone away, and I'm kind of glad that it's coming back because you're getting some really good performances in them. Again, last year you had Ben Affleck in The Way Back, and this year you have Luke Wilson in 12 Mighty Orphans. And I had no idea until after I watched the movie that this was based on a true story. I had no idea that America had that much of a stigma towards orphans. Who would have thought? I mean, you watch a movie like this and you can say, wow, we've really evolved from where we were. It kind of gives you hope. Again, we're not perfect. We're not great. But we have evolved from that point. At one point, we were mocking a team because they were a football team that was filled with orphans. That's kind of messed up. You can watch that and you can see that, you know, we've evolved from that point of view. I mean, you do wonder where the sports movies are headed. I mean, these 
movies used to be box office hits. I mean, people went out and watched these type of films. I mean, The Natural was a box office hit. It starred Robert Redford, and a lot of people went and saw it. Last year, you had The Way Back. I'm not sure how many people saw Ben Affleck in that movie. I think if more people had seen it, he would have gotten Oscar nominated. And the same thing goes for 12 Mighty Orphans. I'm not sure any people are seeing this movie. I think it is a movie worth seeing. I want more movies like this to be made. Luke Wilson gives one of the best performances of his career. You've never seen Luke Wilson play a character like this. Martin Sheen shows up in a supporting, solid role. I really enjoyed this movie. I definitely recommend you check out the movie 12 Mighty Orphans. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and this week I put the spotlight on the movies Wrath of Man and 12 Mighty Orphans. Next week I'm putting the spotlight on three different films. Zola starring Taylor Page, Riley Keough, and Coleman Domingo. In the Earth starring Joel Fry and Falling, the directorial debut of legendary actor Viggo Mortensen. So tune into that and please rate, review, and subscribe. <laughs>